Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, August 25th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created, along with weather data, in order to make one money line pick. On every game that's played seven days a week, though, there are no Sunday shows. And again, a reminder, tomorrow's show, not sure about the timing yet on that, but I will tweet out information when I know more about that tonight so you're prepared for that. That doesn't mean that I recommend you make a play on every game as well. My goal in this episode is to share key information about the games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to still be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, uh, slightly up on that. It had a lot of C plays. Um, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit today, actually, as well, because, again, what we have to remember with baseball being a money line sport, and if you were playing hockey, you'd be in the same boat. Maybe soccer, if you played on money lines in, in, in football or basketball, it'd be the same concept. The way I, I tie grades to units makes it where sometimes an A grade play might only be listed as a B grade because I don't want to put nine units on it. <laughs> and we're going to see that today where there's a huge edge and I really like a play, but like nine units on one pick is just bonkers. And I can't recommend that whatsoever. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's sometimes the other way around. Sometimes like uh, you'll you'll get a, a C play that's like, I really like this, but I only need the one unit because it's really big or like the odds are really big and I like it. But, you know, things shift around a little bit. So there were a lot of C plays yesterday because there were so many big favorites and a couple of them I was taking some bigger underdogs and a couple of those worked out and a couple of them didn't. So I was taking a couple bigger favorites. Other than the Mariners, yesterday went really well. Um, and those C plays did really well. But again, some of those C plays were like, I don't really know. I'll just take a side. But some of those C plays where I like this side, I just only need one unit on it. And uh, so hopefully you were able to follow some of that and or maybe dodge some of the landmines that happened yesterday. And like I said, other than that Mariners game, which, uh, you know, really hurt yesterday went really well. And even with that, it was still an okay day. But a really interesting slate today. I really like today's slate and a lot of a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, today. So I'm really excited for today's episode. But before we get to those games or reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is when you get your notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. If you haven't seen episode one of the week zero college football slate, check that out today. We've got episode two coming for you tomorrow morning. We're going to record that late tonight, and that'll drop tomorrow morning. We're going to bring Cousin Jerry back on and Jake back on to recap all the line movements. Talk about a couple of the games that we skipped. College football season getting ready uh, to start up as well. So lots of good content here for the next month or so. We're going to be awful busy around these parts. Share with a friend if you know there's in the game. 
please hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love all of that. I'll try to respond to as much as I can. As a quick reminder too, we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. If you like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. Here's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or the website links are in the description. We're going to start off today with a banger here in the daytime. 110 Eastern first pitch, Angels at the Rays. A nail-biter last night if you had the Rays. And I made the comment, I said they were maybe a team that I didn't really love the price. And you kind of saw why I didn't love the price last night. I was scary, right? It's, you know, and that... And I was I was actually I was telling for last night, you know, a lot of times are you know the reason why I've got four games up at one time, sometimes five. So I'm trying to see how the games are playing out because I'm trying to figure out if we're winning lucky or if we're winning because we're nailing the handicap or if we're losing unluckily if we're losing because we're just missing the handicap. Last night was the exact type of game that I would have said I'd have rather had the Angels on because anytime you can get massive plus odds like you saw yesterday, if you can just hang around, that's exactly what you're hoping for. You hope the ball bounces your way. And at the end of the race, you know, they were the better team. You got it done. But I mean, an extra inning game laying the price we did is not what you want to happen. So kind of escaped that one by the hair of our chinny chin chin. Uh, last night. Rays are still a better team than the Angels, and they're at home, don't get me wrong, but Patrick Sandoval is a very good pitcher. A guy I've talked about a lot here, a guy I've backed a few times here lately. I really like this guy, and I've got him really better than Rasmussen. Now, they have uh, identical underlying metrics. Both of them uh, project to be in the mid-threes. Both of them performed really well. Both of them have outperformed their underlying metrics. Sandoval, 314 ERA, Rasmussen, 282. Both of these guys, though, uh, underlying metrics say should be more than the mid-threes. Good pitchers, not great, but good pitchers. Uh, I just The model likes Sandoval more. He has provided a little bit of an extra boost with regards to outs per start. He's also a, a guy who I feel like is on the up, whereas Rasmussen, I feel like we kind of have seen the best from him. And again, he's not a bad pitcher. Uh, it's just Sandoval, I think, can still continue to improve. Um, I, I like Sandoval a little bit more than Rasmussen here. But either way, it's it's going to be a good pitcher matchup here. Offensively, the Angels' offense a little bit below average. Rays' offense a little bit above, but there's not that big of a difference. Just like there's not that big of a difference between Rasmussen and Sandoval. I really think the starting pitcher and the offense thing is probably just a complete wash. Um, again, I'd rather have the Rays' offense and the Angels, but I'd rather have Sandoval than Rasmussen. Relievers definitely rather have the Rays' relievers in their home. That's why they should be favored, but I haven't run this exercise by y'all in a while. We've got some new followers, so maybe some of you all have it heard me go through this, but you kind of just, it's not quite this simple, but one way you can kind of think through what probability you should arrive at for a team is start off with giving the home team 53%, maybe a little bit less if it's Oakland, maybe a little bit more if it's the Rockies and just kind of shift there based off of what you see. And it's like, like I said, I think the starting pitchers and offense kind of cancel out or it's rounding error relievers. I'd rather have the raise relievers bump that up from 53 up an extra few percentage points. That's where the model ends. Model ends at 57% for the race. I think it makes a ton of sense. It's, that's a pretty solid number in my opinion. That translates to a money line of raise minus 133. So a price like minus 171 is way too high on the raise. It's for sure angels are pass. Last night I said, I, I, I didn't love the raise, but the price wasn't it was a high price, but it wasn't like overinflated for the situation. So it was kind of like, I guess you could take the raise. That's kind of how I felt about it. And, I, and looking back, it's kind of as it was like, I guess you could take them, but you could see why it was scary. But today's price is a is not that way. It's way overinflated. I'm on the Angels here, plus 157. It's an A-grade play. It's tremendous value on them. I think the Angels can hang in there in this game. <clears throat> Anything can happen. 
They hung in last night, but that was surprising. They shouldn't have been able to. Myers pitched a heck of a game for Anaheim. McClanahan did his thing, um, but you really expected the Rays to score more than the one run in regulation that they did. Um, today, though, that type of game would not surprise me. It's more of what I expect. I expect to see a lower scoring tight contest. And at that point, plus 157 offers great value. Again, I still think the Rays should be favored. It's not a coin toss game, but it's not one where the Rays should be favored by this much. So I'm on Anaheim here at plus 157. A great play for me. And a game that I also like the under to start us off with. The actual total seven model says six and a half. And I completely agree with that. Like I said, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think both pitchers are able going to be able to dominate these mediocre offenses. And again, we've seen it time and time again, when you've had pitching that has matched the level of hitting this year with the new baseball, pitching has won out. And that doesn't mean it will happen in this game. Anything can happen in one game, absolutely. That's why we always talk about sensible betting. But in general, this is the type of situation where pitching matches the hitting, pitching's going to win out. I think it's going to be a low-score game, massive pitcher-friendly ballpark. I think seven's too many runs. I mean, the biggest fear of this going over, honestly, is extra innings. Otherwise, I just I just really trust both these pitchers to keep it low-scoring, especially given that I don't think either offense is – you know, going to light the world on fire. So again, I think under seven makes a lot of sense. Like I said, I'm all over the angels here starting us off. Hot and heavy here today. Got another A play for you at 220 Eastern. Cubs plus 113 is an A grade play for me. The Cubs have been a team we've been backing a lot lately, and it's it's mostly worked. I mean, they've been pretty solid. This is the strength of the model. We talk about the model has some times where it's going to do really well. I think it's in general, not always and not every season, but like talk about college triple right around the corner, like, the model tends to do well, not again, not every single sport season, right? But most of the time at specific spots, one of them's early in the season when the model, when the books are, everyone's uncertain, right? The books are uncertain, we're uncertain, the model's uncertain, but the model's able to pick up on things and calibrate all the changes a little bit better um, than the books are, and the model tends to do well early on in the season. The other time the model tends to do well in baseball is after the trade deadline because it's a player-based model, and it does a really good job of seeing what's happened and how to reevaluate the teams. Whereas our human brains oftentimes have a harder time calibrating all that information. The Cubs didn't really lose anything offensively and still have a decent offense. They did lose a lot reliever wise, but relievers are so volatile and we've seen sets of bad relievers pitch well and good relievers pitch bad. And so, I mean, that matters absolutely, but it's not as big of a deal. And it's like the Cubs got this big downgrade after the trade deadline when they, they're not a good team, don't get me wrong, but They've they've been kind of meh all season, and they're still kind of meh. But they're being priced as if they're they're really bad, and it's not a bad team. It's just not a good one. And we've been able to take advantage of that. I think today's another great spot. The Cubs won two of these last three games here um, in this series. I think they're a great play today. This the model says it should be Cardinals even money fifty point zero percent. So you can also say Cubs even money. The model says it's a complete coin toss game, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Cardinals. You know, as much as I say the Cubs offense is mediocre and average, Cardinals offense is well above average. Cardinals have great offense. Uh, Cardinals relievers are better, absolutely. But Cubs have a huge edge here with Marcus Stroman over Dakota Hudson. I mean, it's 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 exacerbated when you look at the underlying metrics. If you look at the ERAs, it's only about a half run difference between these two guys. Hudson in the low four, Stroman in the upper threes. But Stroman's advanced metrics say he should be more in the mid threes, whereas Dakota Hudson say he should be above four and a half. The difference between them underlying metrics-wise is more than a run per nine innings, which is why the ratings are the way they are for these two pitchers. Stroman's at a 90, Hudson's at a 108. Again, average is 100, where the smaller, the better. 15 to standard deviation, so the difference between these two guys, it 
if if you remember your elementary stats class what standard deviation is right i'm not going to dive into that but if you, if you don't we're over a full standard deviation between these two guys which basically just says there's a decent amount of spread here you know not not world-changing spread but i mean a decent amount here and that's the gonna be the strength here for the cubs stroman's a much better pitcher than hudson um, and that's going to balance out the fact that the cardinals have better relievers and better offense and the game's in chicago it's a coin toss game. Giving us plus 113 is a gift. It's an A-grade play for me on the Cubs. I have no idea what's going to happen. And in a game where I don't know what's going to happen, I love plus 113. I've said it a lot lately, and I'll say it again. If you can give me plus 113 at the roulette wheel, betting red or black, I'd be there every day of the week. Problem is they don't give you those odds. That's why it's not a good game to play. And so, again, these types of odds are a fantastic investment. I'm all over the Cubs here um, on these plus odds. Weather-wise, it's going to be around 80 degrees. Winds will be blowing out about 10 miles an hour. That's going to give us some extra runs in this one. A total hasn't been set yet. Again, like I said before, a lot of times they tend to put totals out on games in Wrigley, generally sometime while I'm recording the show. So I hit the record button, and I don't see what the total is. It comes out by the time it's done. So you probably, by the time you're watching this, see a total. The model says 9.8. Uh, so the model thinks if, it, if they hang a total of 9, which... I feel like it's on the table. If they hang a total of nine, model definitely says go over on that one. Expect some runs, some hitter-friendly weather, and a park that the wind matters uh, more than any other ballpark in the country. Model would still say it would go over nine and a half, but the edge would be a lot smaller. Like I said, nine and a half to ten, I think, makes a lot of sense for this. This weather is going to be pretty hitter-friendly. A chance of rain on this one, but it looks like maybe we're going to get lucky and maybe there's going to be more rain before and after, but maybe we can get a window of this game in. But rain messing this game up is not out of the possibility, so something to keep an eye on there. Uh, again, I'm not extremely concerned, but it is at least on the radar. Thankfully, the only game that weather might really affect here today. 410 Eastern first pitch Guardians of Mariners. Like I said, I love today's episode. There's a lot of good things to talk about. I have a couple things I'm excited to talk about later. This game is is not one of them. I'm sad. I love both of these teams. If you've been watching any time, you can see it. You can see it in the sheet I, I have out there. I'm, I'm trying to provide all the information that's possible. I don't want to overwhelm y'all because I have so much information I could share and put out there, but I'm trying to find the stuff that's the most important, right? So I have that tab of the teams, and you can see how my picks have done, uh, backing, fading, you know, every, by team, uh, how the models projected their win total, as the season's got along versus what the books has versus what they've done. So you can see use like overrated, underrated, all that fun stuff. But you can see we've loved both these teams. Backed them a lot lately. Two teams that I think have been undervalued for quite some time, and they've been really good to us. Uh, Mariners game yesterday aside, they've still made us so much money. Um, the Guardians making us a ton of money as of late, too. And now they're playing each other. And I'm just, I'm sad. I'm sad. I hope y'all are sad with me because this is like <laughs> going to be a really sad four-game series because they both can't win. And... And, you know, it's always nice when you have those just kind of like not always auto plays. And, and we faded both of these teams a few times as of late. And we've backed our great plays off on these teams a couple of times. When the, when the value's not there, we always got to look at the price. The price 100% matters, right? But for the most part, these two teams are kind of pretty consistently night in and night out. There's value on the most nights. And it's nice to have that. I know I've got a couple of teams I'm kind of constantly on here that are doing us good and playing each other is just sad. So uh, I hope y'all feel the sadness I do just so we can share in that. It's, and it's not even just that they're playing. It's a four-game series. It's not even just like a three. You're going to play an extra game here. I don't know why they're playing in the afternoon today. Someone probably knows the answer to that. But a four-game series kicking us off of the day game is, is fun. I'm glad there's, there's nothing else in the slot, but it's kind of a weird sight uh, here. Total on this one's pegged pretty well. Total seven and a half. Model says seven point three. Um, so it's a total market that I'd stay away from. It's kind of a coin toss game here between these two teams. Mariners have a better offense, but relievers—that's been the strength of both of these teams. The relievers for both these teams have been fantastic. 
as of late, most of the season, uh, two of the better sets of relievers in baseball. Um, but of course, the Guardians today were going to have a better uh, starting pitcher in McKenzie over Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez, 408 ERA. And again, that's deflated by playing in this pitcher friendly ballpark. Tristan McKenzie, 311 ERA. Underlying metrics say he's not quite that good, but still a full run better than Marco Gonzalez with the advanced metrics. So, a much better pitcher here for the Guardians, but uh, the Mariners have the better offense. So, I mean, it balances out. I think it's a coin toss type game here. Model says Guardians minus 103. So, I'm on the Mariners with plus 109 with a B grade pick. As long as you're getting plus odds in the Mariners, I think it's worth a look. As it drops down towards even money, at some point you're losing a little bit of the value, a little bit of your edge. Um, I can't really fault you for taking either team. Again, both teams have been really good to us. McKenzie's been fantastic. So, I mean, it, it, you really have to ask yourself how heavy you want to go against him. And in general, my answer isn't much. The only thing that counters that is that Marco Gonzalez, I don't really like him. The model doesn't really like him. His underlying metrics aren't good, but I mean, he kind of keeps getting some results. So, I mean, it's it's the same thing as McKenzie. I mean, both these guys have gotten us to the window so much as of late. Like I said, at plus 109, it's a B grade pick for me in the Mariners. But if you're eyeing more like even money, it probably would drop to a C pick. If you're eyeing like a plus, again, model says it should be plus 103 for the Mariners. So if you're on that plus 103 mark, it's a C play, maybe even plus 105. Um, but as you get closer to plus 110, there's just a little bit more value on the Mariners. I think the Mariners have the values of now, but it's it's not that much. And like I said, I don't want to go that hard against McKenzie. So nowhere near an A grade play. Mariners at home, I think, are probably the side I'd rather be on here. But again, I like both of these teams. Both these relievers are great. It's probably going to be a tight game down the stretch, and that's why I said I like the plus odds here um, because it's not like either bullpen has an advantage. But if, if it can't, if McKin, if uh, excuse me, if Gonzalez can keep it tight here early on, that's that's really the key with both sets of relievers being really good in the Mariners and having an edge offensively at home. Mariners plus one on. There's a lot to like there, so he's just got to keep us in the ball game. Um, I trust McKenzie to hold down the Mariners' offense early on. Uh, just can. Gonzalez do the same thing. So that's a key question I'm asking myself here. Again, it should be a low-scoring game. should be a tight game. Plus 109 offers a little bit of value here on the Mariners. That's the side I'll be on at plus 109. So the night game, 7-5 Eastern Reds, the Phillies. I, uh, you know, I, I pull all this stuff in. I run a lot of code. You know, a lot of this is audited, and then I just have to hit a button, and it all runs. It all pulls everything together, and you know, copy things around so I can visualize stuff. And it's 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 not really a long process. I've, I've automated over time. But, you know, I kind of look through these games like line by line. And I got to this game. And I saw that the model said Phillies minus 429. And I went, wow, like, that's a really large number. <laughs> and of course, there's a game later that we're going to talk about that the model gave a bigger number too. But 429 just jarred me. I was like, man, we haven't seen a number that starts with a four. I don't think all season you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Uh, same thing happened last year, right? It's, it's the way it goes, especially after the trade deadline, when you have a team at home uh, that's still trying and is still a pretty good team versus a team that's given up and traded away all their good players. And that's what the Reds have done. I mean, they traded away all their good players uh, at this point, other than, I mean, they got a, a couple starting pitchers that are still okay, but I mean, they got like one reliever that I think really should be on a major league roster at this point, maybe two at most. I mean, the relievers are bad. They only got one hitter left, Otto, and he's not even playing at this point. So uh, you knew stuff like this was coming, uh, but it's still jarring when it happens. Um, Phillies are massive favorites here. They obviously should be massive favorites. I think it's important to talk about some math here because Cousin Jared's talked about this. I tweeted about this. When you are... At a number like minus 115, 
and the number should be um, even money or, or plus or whatever. The difference between the 115s and, and even money, that 15 cents is worth like 3%. But when you get out here to the tails of these distributions, it goes the complete opposite way. And 15 cents gets you like 0.3%. And that's, I think, the thing that we have to keep in mind here, that if the model had said Phillies minus 340, and we were looking at minus 305, I would probably be on the Phillies, but the difference there in those 35 cents might be like 1%, might be a, a percent and a half. I don't know the exact math off the top of my head. It's not much. But the difference between 429 and 305 is enough to really like this play. Now, again, though, it's not it's 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 way, way, way different at the tails of this conversion than it is around even money. If if I had said that the line should be minus 229 and we were able to lay minus 105. I would say the model's broken. There's no way that we're ever going to get an edge that big, right? Because the difference there would be like 20% or something crazy, right? So it, it, we just have to keep that in mind when we start talking about the differences here in Moneyline Sports. And I'll talk a little bit more about this when we get to the Mets game because it's even crazier. Bottom line is the difference between minus 429 and minus 305, large enough to really like this play, but don't be deceived by it because it's not that, that dollar and you know dollar and a quarter almost is not the same dollar and a quarter that it would be around even money. So it tells us that this is a good play still. It's just not the type of play that you might think it is, right? Because the percent edge here in this game is somewhere in the like four or five percent range, right? That it doesn't just you just don't get a lot of percentage points in in a hundred point difference here uh, at this part of the distribution. Game will feature Justin Dunn and Aaron Nola. Justin Dunn gets one of the literal worst ratings in the database. Aaron Nola gets literally one of the best. This is about the biggest possible pitching discrepancy you can have with a guy who's getting a 73 versus a 129. Adam Aller's the worst. I think he's around 130. And other than DeGrom, I think the best starting pitcher gets a 70, has been about a 72, 71 for the last month or so. I mean, this is literally about as big of a difference as you can get starting pitching wise. Offensively, you can have a bigger difference offensively. Um, the Reds' offense is about bottom of the barrel. Philly's offense could could be better, so I mean you could have a bigger difference there. Um, but I mean, this is a this is so just it's about as much as you can have. Uh, the probability of the Phillies win, according to the models, eighty one percent. It's hard to get much more than that because bad teams do occasionally in baseball games. And think about how mind blowing eighty one percent is. I mean, just quick type in your calculator: 0.81 times one sixty two. It's an insane number. Eighty one percent is crazy high. Um, but, I mean, I feel pretty confident the Phillies are likely to win this game. <clears throat> I'm confident if you want to throw the Phillies into your into a parlay. Too. I will caution you, like always, it's never good to have like seven Moneyline parlays with the same team in all of them. The reason why is if something weird happens and that one game loses, you've lost all your bets. But if that one game wins, you still haven't won anything. You still need other things to happen to win. So... If you're doing parlays again, I always recommend don't. I always recommend don't do like 19 parlays or do 17 parlays. Like keep them smaller and then don't do a ton of them. Do like one or two. You know, don't overlap your teams that sort of thing. But if if you are in the parlay market, the Phillies are a good team to add to the parlay. They're a good play by themselves. They're a good play on the run line as well. Like I always talk about here, in case you've missed me talking about this, the run lines and money lines correlate pretty well. 
with regards to their edges. So if you like a team on one, you probably like a team on the other. So if you want to play on the run line rather than the money line, I think that's fine too. There's there's an edge there as well. Uh, very rarely there those will diverge. Uh, so I, I think I think she's got the Phillies either way here. Again, Nola's a really good pitcher. Justin Dunn in his three outings hasn't looked good, doesn't project well. Uh, not a guy who's ever really had any success historically. Um, I don't know what else to say about this game other than we all know the price should be high and the model thinks the price should be higher. And that tells us it's a smart investment. Um, surprisingly, that's such a big number. So to be a great play for me on the Phillies at minus 305, it's, it's close to an A-grade edge. Um, I think you probably you could consider it an A grade A grade edge here. Um, I don't want to risk three. I don't want to risk nine units to win three. That's just too many. Just out of out of principle, like at some point you have to draw a line somewhere. So if this sort of edge, percent wise, not price wise, percent wise, if this percent wise edge was in the minus one fifties, this would be an A grade play. So for those of you who are kind of you you know, the B play has been doing a lot better as of late. They've, they've hung in there at, for a stretch. They were profitable for a stretch here, um, but it's been over a month now that the B plays have been worth looking at. If you're kind of a person who, for the most part, you trust me on the A plays and you're playing those, and you're playing some of the B plays, this is a B play that is an A-grade edge, but I just can't risk nine units to win three. So otherwise, like I said, this is an A-grade edge, so I think it's, I think it's worth a play. Um, again, whether it's run line, whether it's alternate run line, if you, if you want to go minus two and a half or something like that to get better odds, I'm not saying all those hit again. You're... you're you're less likely to hit all of them, but you're getting a better payout. So those correlate. So, I mean, that's just part of the risk. It's about personal preference. Uh, whatever your personal preference is on how you play it, I think the Phillies are worth a look tonight. And a game that I think is also totaled pretty well. Model says 8.3. Actual total is 8.5. Wind should stay 5 miles an hour or under. Blowing out, but not really very strong. Fairly warm, mid-80s to start, around 80 degrees to close. So, uh, Phillies should score a lot of runs. Reds probably won't score very many, but 8.5 seems like a pretty solid total in this one, given that it'll be a warmer night there. Um, something like seven to one, seven to two seems kind of like the right, the right score here. So a total market I think is pretty accurate <laughs> to a game that should be a lot closer. White Sox at the Orioles uh, last night, got the winner with the White Sox in a game that I said, I just didn't know what was going to happen with those stunning pitchers. Gianluto had a good start. Uh, it just kind of reinforced exactly what I said. He's, he looks terrible. Then he looks competent again and you think he's found it it'll look terrible again so i don't think that tells us anything for his next start i don't know what i'm going to get with that guy i'll be looking last night got us the win uh for the white Sox there tonight i'm on the orioles with the b-grade play at plus 104 i think the orioles should be maybe slight favorites in this game this game is in a neutral field that have the white Sox as favored but in baltimore i think it's pretty close to a coin toss maybe slight orioles edge i think plus 104 offers some value here it's a big great play for me on them. The biggest question mark you have on this game is Lance Lynn. Otherwise, I think we kind of know what we're going to get. Orioles relievers, pretty solid. White Sox relievers, been pretty solid. Um, White Sox offense against the righties, just average. Against the lefties, pretty dang good. But against righties, it's just average. Orioles offense, average. Jordan Lyles, average. I mean, we kind of know what we're going to get in this game everywhere, I think, except for Lance Lynn, who... Still has a 530 ERA. Underlying metrics, though, have him in the upper threes. A guy who's been very bad coming off of the injury, seeming like he was rushed back, has put it together and had some decent outings here as of late. Last time out looked really good. Still don't really know what you're going to get from him. Model thinks he's a better pitcher than Lyles and definitely believes in him, has believed in him a little bit. It's just, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And that uncertainty also with the, again, give me the home team with plus odds, I think makes some sense. So it's a big great pick for me on the Orioles. 
Uh, Flint Slynn dominates. The Royals still can win this game. It's obviously less likely, uh, but they can hang around. Lyles absolutely can hold down this White Sox offense. It'd be a low-scoring game, get into the bullpens, and then I don't know what's going to happen. Again, plus odds at home makes sense. Um, if Lynn struggles, the Orioles are going to win this game probably pretty easily. So a couple different ways the Orioles can win this game. I think there's a little bit of value here at plus odds. If you're laying minus odds with the Orioles, though, I think it's a lot tougher because now when you talk about a situation where Lynn dominates Orioles at minus odds, is a whole lot less exciting because they're either looking at losing or it being a tight, anything can happen type game. And at plus odds, I can, I can live with that, but minus odds, it's a little bit of a different story. So plus 104, I think makes sense. Again, it's a coin toss game model says Orioles minus 103. That's rounding error to a coin toss. So I have plus 104 here. I'm on the Orioles. And again, that the model says maybe look under eight and a half. Model says 8.1. Actual total is 8.5. Remember though, the big question mark with the totals, the single question mark with regards to the side, and it's all about Lance Lynn. If, he is still up and down and it's just going to be one of those frustrating seasons for him. Never really getting things going consistently where he's decent, but just a lot of variability. And that variability is going to lend itself to affecting the game and the total, of course. And if he's pitching really well, that under eight and a half looks really enticing. Otherwise it's not going to be that warm. It will start off in the low eighties, but it'll close in the upper seventies. Winds will stay under five miles an hour. So it's a, it's a game where, and people ask me this all the time too, and it's a lot of, my answer is really, it's a lot of personal preference if you're playing both side and total. If you're playing the under, you're kind of hedging, a, in the Orioles, you're kind of hedging a little bit both ways where it's going to be hard to lose both. Not impossible, but it's be harder to lose both because if, if, you, if you're getting under, it's probably because Lynn's looking decent. Um, that will hit, and then you're, you may be less likely to win the Orioles, but at least you're more likely to win the total. If the game goes over, it's probably because Lynn blew up, and so you're probably going to win the Orioles play. So it's one of those where, and, and you could absolutely win both because you could win, the Orioles can win this game, you know, four to two or something, where Lynn didn't pitch terribly, but he wasn't good enough to get the win, right? So, and a pairing under and the Orioles, not in a parlay, just as both playing them, I think, isn't the craziest idea. Uh, I, like I said, I, I think it's going to be hard to lose both of them, and you might win both. Um, because I could see it being a lower scoring game that the Orioles pull off. Um, but the good news about that playing the under is if you lose it, the biggest likelihood you lose it is because Lance Lynn had one of another terrible outing. And if that's the case, then you're probably set with the plus off in the Orioles. So something to consider there again, model likes that under, model likes the Orioles. Both of them likes, likes them a little bit, not a ton. The other juicy of a game here, 17 Easter first pitch Rockies at the Mets. Otherwise, it'll be low 80s to start, around 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing out tonight in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. A little bit of a boost to the bats there with that wind. Total 7, model says 6.7. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe under. I don't see how the Rockies score off to Grom. He tends to pitch in lower scoring games. I've talked about this before. Like sometimes when Degrom's out there, the Mets' offense is like, "Oh, we got this. We don't have to score. We can score zero runs and win." Because he'll hold them to negative one runs. I don't know what they're thinking, but it just it kind of feels that way. I don't think that's accurate, but that's how it feels watching Degrom pitching. And, and you, you've seen the stat probably at this point. You know, if you go back the last, you know, two three years or whatever, uh, if you if you were to fade uh, Degrom at the crazy plus odds every night, you'd be making a ton of money because the team just doesn't seem to hit when he's pitching. So I, I don't really know what's going on with that. So if you go off of that, you know, under, I think makes a little bit of sense. I think seven's probably the right number though. The Mets should score tonight. I mean, wind blowing out, Ryan Feltner, not really a good pitcher and the Mets offense is good. So the Mets should score. Um, they might have to get the whole total themselves though. Cause I don't see how the Rockies score. Um, you're talking about a Rockies offense that again, better against lefties. DeGrom's a righty. 
fairly below average against righties. Um, they're talking about a pitch in Ryan Feltner, 588 ERA. Now that's a little inflated because of course field, but the underlying metrics still say it should be in the mid fours. I mean, that's still below average. Uh, and this Mets offense is one of the better offenses in baseball at this point, you know, top five offense, probably, um, they should score some runs. So, I mean, this is all Mets here for sure. Now, the thing that I want to point out mathematically here is just what we talked about earlier. If you look at the numbers here, the model said 81.1% for the Phillies translated to a line of minus 429 is what the model said. The model says this should be Mets minus 510, which, hey, holy cow. But it's not as jarring as you would think. It messes with the mind 100%. But probability-wise, that 81.1% we saw in the Phillies, this only says 83.6%. That's only 2.5 percentage points, but the 2.5 percentage points jumped us almost a full dollar and that's what we're talking about weird things happen at the tails of these distributions because of the way it converts one scale basically acts like exponential and the other one acts more like a logarithmic scale like where it flattens out so it it, it just it, it it translates funny but you look at the model saying that's minus 510 and while that five there is absolutely jarring again it's still low 80 percent and so that's what we have to remember that there's a dollar difference between the projected number that the model has at 510 and the actual number at minus 400, but it's different than a dollar somewhere else. It's just 83.6%. The 83% likelihood to win makes the Mets at minus 400 a good play. It's a B grade play for me. It's not an A grade edge percent wise, even though it's still a, a over a dollar difference because again, the dollar means less the further out you get. So the Phillies one was a little over a dollar difference. And that one percent-wise was an A-grade edge. I just didn't want to risk nine units. This Mets one is more of a B plus A minus type edge because, again, it's a smaller probability difference out here. I for sure am not going to risk 12 units to win three. I think the Mets are the right side here, and there's a big enough difference that I want to be on them for sure. Uh, but we have to figure out how to scale that based off of the number just being so big. Again, maybe you want to go to run line, alternate run line. Same exact thing I said for the Phillies absolutely applies here for the Mets. However you want to do that, I endorse all of it. And I very rarely do this, but if you are looking for a two-team parlay, Phillies and Mets, I think offer some value tonight. I think it's a parlay that I would absolutely make. You are still going to be eyeing, you know, minus odds on that. But if you bet at these odds, if you were to put three units down on that, um, you would win two. So you're looking at about minus 150 uh, is a reasonable play there. The probability that that hits uh, is much greater than the mathematically is more on the 65% probability range, uh, whereas the probability you need to win that to make minus 150 a profitable play is 60%. So there would be an edge if you were to tie those together as well. I think it's another reasonable way to handle it. And again, I very rarely ever talk about anything like that, but I think a two-team probably with those two teams at minus 150 just makes a lot of sense. I think both of them win. Anything can happen in baseball, right? So we have to make sure we be careful with our wager size. We don't throw the, the Mets into nine different parlays, that sort of thing like that. Because weird things happen in baseball, uh, but this would be a very weird result. I mean, this sets up, like I said, just like the Phillies, I mean, except of course, DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball by a large margin. Mets have a much better offense. Mets have much better relievers. I mean, this is just all Mets at home here. Um, but again, I think it's interesting to think about the math here and just remember that the differences in the numbers don't convert as well to probability, but the difference in the numbers do convert to your bank account. So do shop around. 
do have multiple books because especially out here, the further away you get from even money, different books do some wildly different things. And one book is going to offer like minus 450 while another offer minus 400. And while the difference in the probability between 450 and 400 isn't that large, the difference in your wallet is that it's actual real dollars there. So we do want to try to get the best price. It's just that getting the better price probability wise doesn't really do much for you at this part. It does help you edge wise closer to even money, but it's still actual dollars. So do shop around, try to get better prices. Uh, but the Mets and Phillies, I hate big favorites. Y'all know this. Y'all know I don't love doing this, but I think we're in a situation where we're at so far in the, I'll summarize by this on both these games. I think we're so far into the tails of the distributions of these two teams being so much better and the pitching mismatches being so large that nobody really knows how to handle it. The model says that the price should be bigger um, and that the books are hanging a shorter number here just because uh, they know that people will take big plus odds with these dogs, but these dogs, I just don't think have value. And this is again coming from a guy who, you know, took the pirates yesterday, took the reds yesterday, big plus odds saying like, Hey, these numbers are too big, but these numbers as big as they are, I don't think are big enough because the differences between these two teams are just extraordinary given the pitching matchups. One more game at 7 o'clock Eastern, Blue Jays at the Red Sox. Been on the Red Sox's series last night. I mean, the handicap played out exactly like I talked about. I said, anything can happen. It's a coin toss type game. Red Sox plus 141 offered tremendous value. And sure enough, that is exactly how it played out getting to extra innings. It's exactly what you want. Um, it just didn't work out for us. Hopefully next time we have that situation where we have a plus 141 team or it's a coin toss game, uh, we'll get the bounces to go our way. Maybe it'll be the Angels this afternoon, right? This stuff balances out in the long run. Didn't go for us last night, but that's okay. Uh, exact, I think, perfect handicap, and, and Red Sox offered some value there. If you split your bet, you took a little plus one and a half on the run line, uh, you got that winner. Uh, if not, again, that's okay. I think we'll get those plus odds. Eventually, those will bounce around, the extra inning type stuff. Eventually. It hasn't worked on great for us the last several days <laughs> with some of those luck things, but that'll come around. You never know when, but it'll come around. Uh, tonight, though, on the Blue Jays, um, a Blue Jays team that I haven't backed a lot lately. This is you probably count on one hand the number of times I've backed the Blue Jays since the All Star break. They've been really overpriced as of late, uh, but I think the price is okay today at minus one sixty one. It's a C grade pick for me. Uh, model says it should be Blue Jays minus one fifty one, um, but the model tends to hate the Blue Jays. So it, the model says there's no mathematical edge, meaning I would probably rather be on the Blue Jays because. In theory, we should be playing every team and fading every team some throughout the season. And so I think this is as good a time as any is to play the Blue Jays. I think the price isn't too bad. Gausman is a ton better than Cutter Crawford. Uh, Crawford's a 514 ERA. The underlying metrics do say it should be a little bit better than that. But, I mean, he's not a good pitcher. And Kevin Gausman is a fantastic 299 ERA. And the underlying metrics say it should be about a half run better. So, I mean, a huge starting pitching edge here for the Blue Jays. Talked about it, relievers, he's probably a wash uh, at this point. And offensively, uh, the Blue Jays' offense, you know, a, a little bit better against Rice. Not a lot, just a little. That's why I said on yesterday's, was like, it's not enough better for me to care given the, you know, the pitching matchup and those plus odds. But I'm like, here, it's it's also still not big enough to care. What I care about is the massive pitching mismatch between Gaussman and Cutter. And so I think this price should be higher. Um, again, model doesn't like the Blue Jays. Uh, so this is a good time to jump on them. Um, I'm sorry, the model doesn't like the Blue Jays in general. Today, it's saying, eh, I think it's a good time to buy the Blue Jays here. Uh, lay the 1.6 units to win the one. Lean for me, Blue Jays. In a night that's going to be around 80 degrees to start, low 70s to close, no wind effects. Total priced pretty right. Uh, Total is actually nine. Model says 9.1. 
One game at the 8 o'clock Eastern spot, Twins at the Astros. <clears throat> Chris Archer versus Luis Garcia. Garcia's a pitcher talked about lately. Hasn't looked as good for the Astros uh, as he had looked earlier in the season, a 409 ERA. Chris Archer, a 402 ERA, but uh, these guys project very differently. Their underlying metrics are a little bit different. Garcia, um, you know, Around four makes sense based off the underlying metrics. Uh, those say maybe a little bit under four, but around four is pretty right. But Chris Archer uh, should be more in the four and a half. So doesn't project as well. The model likes Luis Garcia a lot more than Archer, even despite the fact that Garcia hasn't been as sharp the last half of the season as he was the first half of the season. Uh, Astros offense, definitely better. Relievers, better. Both barely, but at home, the Astros should definitely be favorites here. I'm okay laying a price like minus 168 model, so it should be minus 178. The model's really been infatuated with the Twins as of late, so that makes me want to go a little bit harder against them just because Miller says there's a small edge here. But again, knowing that the model's been kind of biased towards the Twins makes me say maybe 178, maybe it really should be more like 185 or something like that because the, the model's been a little Twins happy as of late. So 168, I think it's a decent price on the Astros to be a great pick for me. I'd stick B grade up to minus 170, maybe even close to minus 175. Minus 175 is the part where I really question it, and that's where beyond that for sure it drops to a C-grade play for me. But in the minus 160, uh, minus 160s, uh, low minus 170s, the Astros are a solid investment, B-grade play, one I think you should be looking at. Um, not one to go too heavy on. It's not my favorite play, but it's it's worth a play tonight, I think. And uh, again, if you do the parlay type stuff, again, not that I would recommend. I just do the two-team two parlay with the Phillies and the Mets personally, lay minus 150. But if you did want to add a third team, um, the Ashes would be probably the one I would look at there. That's the one that obviously has the most risk, uh, but that's going to be the one where it actually jumps your payout if you're looking for plus odds uh, on a parlay. The Ashes would probably be the one that I would include in that parlay over the Blue Jays. <clears throat> the one I would not include in that one is the 940 Eastern game, Yankees at the A's. Yankees should be favored, Yankees should win, but I think the Yankees aren't a team to back tonight. I think they offer more risk than reward. So it's A's or pass to me uh, for me tonight. The Yankees, not a good play on the run line, not a good play on the money line, not a good play in a parlay. It all correlates. Like I said, my, my, if you like it one way, I think you have to like it all. If you don't like it one, you don't like it all. So I don't think the Yankees magically become better. If you're looking run line or in a parlay, they still aren't a good side tonight. In my opinion, they just offer too much risk tonight. They should be favored. The A's aren't very good. But I don't think they should be favored by this much. Model says it should be Yankees minus 182, so prices in the 200. Just no value on the Yankees. Again, A's or pass. If you want to pass, go to bed early, spend some time with the family, watch a movie, whatever you want, You know, binge watch some TV, whatever you want to do. Um, if you want to pass, I think that makes sense. Otherwise, I think the A's might can pull it off. I mean, they pulled it off for us yesterday. Plus 192 offers some value. So this is one where I always talk about, you know, it's the, it's the dog or pass. For me, uh, for me, I still think the A's are worth a look. Model says 182. So when 92 offers a tiny bit of value on the A's, that's the side that I'll be on here tonight with just a lean. Don't need to put two units on it to win four because we're already going to win two with our one-unit investment. Jameson Tanyan versus James Caprillion. Uh, Tanyan's a better pitcher for sure. ERA's got him beat four to 429. Then underlying metrics even more. Caprillion's ERA is uh, deflated by pitching in that pitcher's park. He's not a very good pitcher. I don't like him much at all. And Tanyan's above average. I mean, Yankees have an edge here with regards to starting pitcher. Um, their bullpen, though, continues to trend the wrong direction. I don't really like as much what I've seen from the Yankees' bullpen near like what we saw, you know, two, three months ago. Um, Reliever-wise, they project about the same. Of course, Yankees' better off, and Yankees should be favored, but just not by this much. So I'll take a chance on the A's again. I think there's a little bit of value at plus 192, given the model thinks it should be plus 182. 
Um, so I think again, A's are passing. I said, I'll be on the A's here with a small investment. I think it's worth a flyer here for the late night game. Again, the model thinks it's priced pretty well at 7.5. Model says 7.3. So model says maybe look a little bit under, but not a bad price on the total. It's pretty accurate there. It'll be a chilly one in Oakland. Uh, upper 60s to start, low 60s to close. Winds be blowing out to start and dying down, just like it always does in that park, though. Of course, very pitcher friendly. Um, Model might say a little bit under because it is a little bit of a chillier night for August for Oakland. That's going to make the ball not fly very much at all. Uh, Bolton's not flying that park anyway. So uh, lower scoring game. Um, that Yankees offense, again, big question you have to ask yourself on that total is, is the Yankees offense still good or are they still struggling? If they're still struggling, under is going to make a lot of sense. But that Yankees offense is good enough to get some runs. So it's one that I might look under, but it's not an under that I'm running to the window uh, to, to, to place that bet. That's all the games here. Uh, recap again, not just the but kind of just recap the overall sentiments for today. I've got two afternoon A-grade plays, Angels at plus 157 at the Rays, Cubs plus 113 at home against the Cardinals in the afternoon. Um, then the night games, again, an A-type edge for the Phillies at minus 305. Only a B-grade play because we're already having to risk so much, but definitely an A-type edge in that one. Um, and then Mets at Rockies at minus 400. Close to an A-type edge. Again, worth a play, I think. I think the number should be higher on both of those. But again, neither one of those are A plays. And again, of the two, I like the Phillies more because I think the difference between the uh, actual win probability and the implied probability from the uh, sportsbook perspective is a larger difference on the Phillies uh, than is the Mets. So if I were to pick one of those big ones, I like the Phillies a little bit more than the Mets. And the price is lower, which always helps too. Um, but two interesting games there. Some pretty large edges uh, on some of those big favorites. Not a great plays, but I think worth a look. Uh, as well on top of the two afternoon A plays. Both of them plus odds in the afternoon, so just got to win one of them more profitable. Don't have to win both. If we do, that's obviously even better, but I'll take one of the two and be uh, happy personally. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sorts of betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Reminder, check out that College Football Week Zero episode today. If you haven't done so yet, then we'll have another one for you uh, heading into the weekend tomorrow morning. I will see you all tomorrow again. Check Twitter for the timing. Timing might be a little disturbed on the baseball show. Not really sure when that'll happen, but it will happen at some point. And until I see you again, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>